What? That can't be true. They can't be that stupid. Are they that stupid? Uh, what do I care? I'm going to go look at the New York Times now. Oh, my God. Intelligence suggests Ukrainian... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. podcast where we go entirely too deep into histories, assassinations, affairs, crimes, coups, conspiracies, cover-ups, terrors, and trials. I'm your co-host, Isaac. I'm your co-host, Peter. And guys, we got to issue a retraction because the paper of record came out and it turns out it was a yacht. The gray lady beat us down. Damn. Yeah, it wasn't really Hirsch. They were they were looking at, you know, our, our very sizable subscriber base. Yes. And just the sheer social pull that a people's mm-hmm. history of violence has, and they're like, we gotta, we gotta ask some intelligent sources. What do, you, what do you guys think? Where, yeah. where are we at on this case? And they said uh, maybe it was some guys on a boat. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is how you go out on the ocean usually. So, Boats. yeah, everything we said before about like the capabilities you would need, yeah. and the, the five or six requirements of this crime that we mm-hmm. deduce from the crime scene. Yeah, well, you know, we're done. Yeah, I mean, we try. We are trying to understand the effect that the New York Times has on man, and uh, we failed to predict that it would crush us down and our uh, ideas about things like diving bells and mm-hmm. the science of yeah. what happens when you dive beyond where God intended us to swim. No, no, we're not retracting anything. Fuck no. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna tell the old gray lady that she ain't what she used to be like the old gray mare although she really is what she used to be let's be honest uh and we're gonna go back to the scene of the crime back to the bombing so last episode we went through operation ivy bells and deep Mm -hmm. into early 70s anti-communist paranoia and the incredible technological capers that came out of it Mm -hmm. and apparently a like a great grandchild of that according to Legendary journalist Seymour Hirsch was this very Nord Stream sabotage bombing. But first, we're a subscriber-funded show. For those of you listening to this on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please come to our Patreon page. There's always more documents, more discussion, and more of everything, including this episode, if you subscribe. That's right. But thank you to our new patron, Drizzly November. Yeah, that warm November rain. Yep. Of money on us. This one. This one's for you. Yeah. Thanks, also, all, all, everyone else. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. So, yeah, we have a slight update uh, okay. from our last episode. So, previously, the only people who had waded into this um, this Nord Stream bombing mystery mm. really since uh, late winter last year, fourth quarter of last year, was Seymour Hersh's new article. And then the people who, who came out to say, well, actually, Mr. Hersh, mm. you're wrong. <laughs> As I said in the previous episode, I remain uh, an orthodox Hirschist. I think he has this right for very good reasons, and we'll get into that. But since our last episode, a number of newspapers have decided to come in with the big update. Specifically, first and foremost, like one day foremost, mm. uh, the New York Times came out with an article very shakily quoting 
very shaky intelligence sources in the United States government who said that they had reviewed recent intelligence and that recent intelligence they reviewed suggested that a pro-Ukrainian, not Ukrainian, but pro-Ukrainian group of indeterminate nationality who no one knows and who no one can say is connected with anyone else, mm -hmm. got onto a boat that they rented in Germany, brought over some explosives across the border from Poland to Germany, loaded the explosives on the boat, and then did a series of deep dives. Mm. The A-team. The A-team, basically. Probably. They they came out of the LA underground mm -hmm. after being betrayed, and yeah. they pulled off one last ride. Yeah, they, they, they even went into like the specifics of like the team consisted of like possibly consisted of one woman and like six men. Uh, it had two divers and two diving assistants and a doctor. And my first question was like a boat, because as we said in the previous episode, you need some serious equipment mm. to pull this off. It's too deep. The, the mixed gases that you need, you have like long decompression times and everything else. So I waited with bated breath to see what this intelligence was or if the New York Times is going to leak out more. And it really just appears that the intelligence in scare quotes that was reviewed was a couple of, well, a German newspaper, Zeit. Is it a magazine or a newspaper? Uh, it's just time, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they, they conducted an investigation along with two TV stations and found a suspicious group of people suspiciously rented a yacht. And then either they or investigators they that are connected with them went onto the boat and tested a table like inside this this yacht this not very big boat spoiler there and that that tested positive in their view for explosive residue mm -hmm. i think this is already pretty much falling apart mm -hmm. so spiegel uh or another german newspaper went ahead, it seems like, and asked their friends in the BKU, that's the kind of German FBI, who was investigating the Nord Street bombing, investigating it as a crime. They appear to have, like, they asked them, essentially, have you been investigating this? Yes, we've been looking at this lead, they said. And they found the boat, mm. which is called the Andromeda. Mm. And we'll just post a photo of it. This thing is... Let's just put it this way. You people are wondering if you, if you could even put the amount of explosives that you would need for like one of these bombings on the mm -hmm. boat in addition to the crew, let alone that in a diving chamber, right. let alone that in the a diving chamber and a and diving else. bell. I, I saw a couple of commentators on Twitter say you can't even put like the trimix that you would need to do the just to be able to go down on the dive, let alone mm -hmm. come back up or anything like that on this boat it's just not possible you're gonna need a bigger boat Sorry, right digging there <laughs> yeah we uh we try to stick with the possible here on this podcast yeah so uh e even uh the extremely anti-hirsch debunker oliver alexander was just like in uproar over this partly because it, it vaguely suggested that so there was some ukrainian responsibility mm. and uh yeah this just seems like you know, rather than saying this was like, a, I feel like if the CIA or whatever had, or various intelligence services had manufactured this story, that it would have been a little bit 
cleaner. Right. A little more substantial. They would have they would have also been like a little more more committed to saying like this is what happened rather than we reviewed this intelligence. I, I wonder, and I'm not plugged into journalist world, but I wonder if the New York Times basically got wind of the the scoop that was about to come out from the Germans. And they've been more or less told to kind of sit on the Hirsch story and not even act like it exists for a number of weeks. And so they went to their intelligence contacts and they said, like, we got to run something mm-hmm. and we're not going to let the Germans like scoop us on this. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? And they're like, yeah, seems, seems interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's pretty much all they said as for like, but the, one of the authors of the times article actually went on the daily, which is their little podcast. Barbaro asked him, you know, how did you solve this puzzle? How did you solve this case? And I'm like, you fucking didn't. Yeah, this dangerous and unacceptable case. Yeah. So uh, I think in light of how uh, shitty that reporting is, uh, we're just going to go right along with what we were doing. Yeah. And broadly, why Hershey's right. Yes. Yeah. So back to the scene of the crime. Oh, and also how this all connects to the USS Monitor. Mm. Civil Warship, not the uh, album by Titus Andronicus book. Also good. Also good. So when we left off last time, we talked about Operation Ivy Bells as being a kind of an interesting detail in Hirsch's piece because Ivy Bells provides the inspiration of these CIA operations guys to let them know that diving sabotage mission is something off of the rack that they can do. They can contact the boys in Panama City, Florida and have them do this bombing. It's not an easy thing, mm-hmm. but it's doable. But Interestingly, Hirsch also gave a lot of very specific details on how the dive is, was carried was carried out. And one of them that kind of set me on this whole journey crazy, of knowledge, journey of knowledge into uh, the sea and how it wants to kill you mm. has been his emphasis over and over. And he says this with like uh, a technical nerd fascination, which now I share which is he's like, these divers went down with a mix of nitrogen, oxygen, and helium. And uh, that was the first big detail he gave about how it all actually went out. And so, of course, they looked into this. And yeah, it turns out that a mixture of nitrogen, oxygen, and helium is called trimix. Uh, Not even like military divers or commercial divers, but even recreational divers sometimes use trimix because... A very specific thing that happens to you when you go below 30 meters, which we talked about before, called nitrogen narcosis. Mm. Basically, once you get down to this depth, you're in this alien world with a much higher atmospheric pressure Mm -hmm. than Earth, and the gases in your body and your tissues move around differently. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do is the nitrogen that you normally inhale from the atmosphere or from a tank, uh, deeper than 30 meters, gets you high. Mm. Uh, Like, not cool high but like bad high yeah like like you were going to pass out yeah and it's it's often described as like your vision narrows to like a a tiny tunnel sounds like carbon monoxide poisoning yeah yeah like you're just slowly going out Mm -hmm. and i mean that's part of why they have the body system with diving so there's always two divers one of them taps out one of them's not responsive you know these advanced navy suits they even have like you know little Back in Ivy Bells, they had a little red light that went off mm. whenever something was like not right yeah. as far as the gas mix or anything else. So this is used for deep dives and uh, very deep dives as well. In interviews, Hirsch said that these divers did the... So another detail that we'll talk about is in his interviews, Hirsch has also said that the 
divers did the actual planting of the explosives in two-man teams with uh, light tanks, so not surface supply gas with like a hose going all the way from the diving suit to the ship or the diving chamber. And then finally, he says that they rode in, and this is probably the most controversial point, on a Norwegian Ulta-class minesweeper. And in interviews, he also said it had a decompression chamber that was flown in by the CIA. And what I'd like to do with this episode here is just examine each of these details to see like, technically, is this how it would have gone? Not just like, is it possible, but like, is it is it likely? Is this how they would have approached this problem? And I think on each count, the answer is yes. Although mm -hmm. I agree, like the minesweeper is the most controversial one. Mm -hmm. uh, so as we were saying, divers and deep divers use this like mix of gases, or they even just call it mixed gas, for saturation diving or, or what are mil called military deep dives. So operationally, they have to go down to a crazy depth and... This is very different from conventional scuba diving, like we talked about with ivy bells. And in this case, they're going down 80 meters. So in addition to nitrogen narcosis, apparently if you go down past 55 to 60 meters, oxygen, just the gas that you need to live, uh, becomes toxic. Mm. Uh, if it's in the same proportion that you would inhale on the surface. So mm -hmm. it's something like, uh, like 21, 22% on the surface and if you have that located if you have that same portion of your gas tank and you go to that depth you will get poison mm. <laughs> so helium cuts that yes you cut well, well you so what they do is they make it a hypoxic mix so they, okay. they lower the oxygen amount like down to like 18 17 percent uh -huh. they even sometimes lower it down lower if you're going to a really really deep depth uh -huh. and and they added helium to make up for it and to prevent the nitrogen narcosis. I see. Because that mix of helium and oxygen, one, you're also not going to have as big a tank because helium has lighter. less, yes, lighter, has less volume. And secondly, you'll reduce the risk of nitrogen narcosis, which can only be avoided if you lower down the amount of nitrogen to a much lower level. There's even like different calculations. So right. that like if you're down at a certain depth, but you actually need some nitrogen in there, like the exposure to nitrogen narcosis is just the equivalent of like, Puffing on a joint. <laughs> mm, yeah, listening to some jazz. Oh, that was mine. Uh, based deep diving. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, so this was like just as in Ivy Bells, right? They yeah. when They used to try mix in Ivy Bells. Well, in Ivy Bells, and, and here's the part where I began to think that like, oh, maybe Hirsch has this wrong. In Ivy Bells, they used Heliox, which is just helium and oxygen. Just okay, not, not no nitrogen. Right. It totally eliminates the risk of nitrogen narcosis, totally eliminates the risk of like you moving slowly or passing out by just getting rid of the nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And instead, your divers just kind of wander around with their Donald Duck voices and go blah, 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 mm -hmm. and do their job. And also, so that mix of gas, the Heliox, is also what's recommended by like the Navy diving manual. So in their official literature, when they're talking about like doing large-scale operations or mine clearance beyond a certain depth, they go from nitrox, which is nitrogen and oxygen, to heliox, which is just helium and oxygen. And they don't have a recommendation for using like trimix. In fact, they did experiments um, in the 2010s to see if trimix could help with um, decompression. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that there was no better use. There, it, it didn't make it any better. Mm. So I thought maybe Hirsch has this one a little bit wrong. I mean, he did emphasize the helium a lot more. So maybe mm -hmm. he just like assumed when whatever source he had told him like, yeah, the they actually are breathing in like a lot of helium in addition to the air. He was like, oh, so they're breathing in nitrogen, oxygen, and helium. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the important part. But it turns out that there is actually a very good reason for reintroducing a small bit of nitrogen into the mix if you're doing the type of operation that they would be doing with the Nord Stream bombing. And that is a thing called compression orthalgia, mm. which is not a decompression illness. It's essentially a compression illness. Mm -hmm. If you compress too fast with just helium and oxygen, uh, you get what's called like what they talk about being like uh suddenly you're an elderly person with severe arthritis Ooh, under okay. the water yeah and that's on your way down that's on your way down okay. if you're diving fast yeah yeah okay and uh that's that's something we talked about in the previous episode is one would think with this type of kind of caper this type of sabotage that they wouldn't want to do like the you know right two hour no. three hour descent or whatever of like a usual commercial diver because you know they'll commercial divers they'll just like sit in the diving bell sing songs <laughs> you know like chat shoot the shit for a while and then they're down on the bottom they go to their do their eight hour work day all mm -hmm. with heliox yeah but if you're doing this type of thing you don't want to have that slow steady descent with your diver slowly compress uh compressing so you want to like compress them as quickly as possible and drop them down mm -hmm. and as far as I can tell, the best way to do that as far as their gas mix is to have this bit of nitrogen in there already. Like, I don't know the proportion or anything, but the right. Navy does experiments actually all the time on this at that Panama City Center. Right. As far as, like, should it be 5% nitrogen, 10% nitrogen, whatever. Right. I mean, there's a reason that this methodology was developed. Yeah. And a lot of it was developed in the late 60s, early 70s at that diving center. Mm. So to give an idea of what the normal like rate of descent would be without kind of this mix of like nitrogen added back into the mix. So it's trimix and not heliox. To avoid that uh, normal descent rate, in order to not get compression sickness, which is that orthalgia, that arthritis-like illness, the divers would need to descend at a rate of uh, half a foot to three feet from the surface per minute. So to get to 260 feet, that means a minimum of 87 minutes and a maximum of 520 minutes, mm. which is uh, just to break that down, an hour and 27 minutes to eight hours and 40 minutes. Right. Just to get to the place that they're supposed to bomb. The then, first place. Right. The first place. And then they'd have to get back up. Right. Which would take similar amounts of time or and here's the thing again like if you if you're going in a diving bell and you have a diving chamber that they're going to be raised up into mm -hmm. you could just stay compressed at that i depth. see yeah so, go, so going up would be less of an issue yeah because you'd stay at the so same compression eight depth. hours is a lot yeah just to go down the way you would avoid that of course is by using trimix mm -hmm. so in other words to kind of sum up this little bit put a point in purchase column uh, because the operation had to have, I mean, I think anyways, rapid descent, placement, yeah. movement, putting the bomb and then moving on to the next site. Because every extra minute they're out there is extra exposure. Yeah, extra exposure. Um, Arthalgia would be a real issue unless you use some nitrogen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I heard uh, this like New Zealand diving expert who like gives uh, lectures in like South Africa and Australia and other places say like, it's just like moving on a joint, nice. but not going to give you nutcasses. So honestly, I, I think Hirsch's account checks out on that one. Now, uh, the, the second point that Hirsch brought up, actually the guardian of all places, which originally kind of ran with the same New York Times story, actually just corroborated it today. 
or yesterday and said that when they asked experts, just unnamed experts who clearly did not want to be quoted on the record, uh, when they asked experts what they thought of the kind of pro-Ukrainian like yacht crew, the A-team story, they said they did not know how it would be possible for divers to do this, to do multiple separate dives without a diving chamber. And they're like, a diving chamber doesn't fit on that boat. Mm -hmm. So Hirsch claimed in his interviews, not in the article, but in his interviews, and he mm -hmm. said this a few times, that the CIA flew in a decompression chamber, as he called it, to allow the mission to go forward. Right. And do they, but do they just have those sitting around, Isaac? Like, can you just order one off Amazon, get it? Amazon Prime delivery to secret base in Norway. Obviously. So Hirsch is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So most of these, most of the time, these things are like attached to like diving support vessels, right? Mm -hmm. Or Which like the a Navy commercial has. diving vessel. Yeah. The, the Navy has, I mean, several navies have them. Like any Navy that does regular diving or whatever has them, but not all navies. And it's, you have to train your divers like with the chamber yeah. that you're going to use. Right. And to kind of like demystify this a little bit, it is basically a, a metal enclosed tube that your divers have to live in for the duration of however long that they have to stay at the pressure level yeah. of the depth that, that they're going to. Sounds and, like a spaceship, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, transport. it's basically like, a, like a, a little like space capsule mm. that they have to keep on the boat um and remember with ivy bells they disguised that whole chamber apparatus thing as a little submarine that was like clipped to the submarine that they they came in on the yeah. halibut in this case though Persh's account really tracks because if you don't necessarily know what diving vessel you're going to be using mm -hmm. or like you have a u.s putting like a diving support vessel just randomly up there right not make much sense uh, because then the all sent people could really know where <laughs> the U.S. Navy actually does have a diving chamber, diving bell system. And mm -hmm. it appears to be one of the few that's like this that can just be packed up on a plane and flown out called SATFADS, mm -hmm. S-A-T-F-A-D-S. So SATFADS stands for Saturation Flyaway Diving System. And basically what it's meant for is, is for when the Navy needs to like rapidly put out divers somewhere, like say submarine crashed mm -hmm. or something like that. And they, the divers in them need to be able to work like for a long time. Right. And so rather than like sending out a diving oh. support vessel from, you know, like let's say. Okinawa to wherever. Right. Instead, they just put it on a plane. And fly it out to ships that are already in the area. Yeah, that makes uh, that may, that seems to make more sense if you have to rescue a bunch of submariners. And it's, so it's an incredible system. And the truth is, like I think they they've had some type of satfad system for a while, like about mm. a decade. I might be wrong about that, but it seems like a lot of the experimentation that went into getting like creating this type of system where divers can just walk in, get pressurized mm -hmm. the depth that they're going to descend to get into a two, three-person diving bell and be put down at that depth. That started when the U.S. Navy assisted in recovering the wreckage of the Monitor, oh. the old Civil War ironclad. Yeah. Where was that? That was off, like, uh, South like, Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cape Hatteras. Cape Hatteras. Yeah. And that was at a depth, I think, of, like, 230 feet, mm. which is very similar to the depth that we're talking about with Nord Stream. Mm -hmm. But the Navy you know, for a period of like six weeks had these same like uh, explosive ordinance disposal, like mine clearance type specialist 
-hmm. and the diver diving teams they work on get hooked up and be given mixed gases mm -hmm. to see what worked best. Right. And the key thing with this experiment is that rather than like slowly descending down, they would get pre-pressurized mm -hmm. at two depth while just kind of waiting in the diving belt and then be able to do repeated dives yeah. like all day at different parts of the wreckage, collect stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was only like 2001, 2002. Mm. Yeah, I actually lived uh, the neighborhood in New York. I lived in for a little bit had some part in helping to build the USS Monitor. And there was a Monitor Street, and there was this Monitor- Made in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Monitor Memorial, which had like these like very sexy, shirtless, muscular like <laughs> men, like pounding hammers and swabbing decks. The, the men of Brooklyn who helped make the Monitor, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I feel like one of the, one of the actual like, one of the most like technically detailed like nerdy talks like us, uh, about the monitor was the Boilermakers Union. Mm. Like he's like proudly like, you know, there were many Boilermakers who who helped make the monitor, yeah. the steam ship powered ship. Oh, yeah. And and then they like even went into this like kind of reconstructed history of like the, the boiler man mm. who's on the monitor. Nice. Shout out to the, the most yeah, in-depth video yeah. of uh, of people's history of ironclad ship. Nice. Uh, but later on recovering that wreckage would be a big Part of like a kind of innovation ground for saturation diving and deep diving by the Navy. A kind of downstream result of that, at least in part, was this sat fad system, which is a system that they can just put on a plane and fly out to a site. If this didn't exist as part of kind of the Navy's equipment, part of their toolbox, mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, Hirsch's account maybe has marked against it, but I'm mm -hmm. gonna, gonna count this one for it. Yeah, so it's definitely possible. We don't have like the proof that it necessarily happened other than the circumstantial proof of like 